0: what's up everybody welcome back to another edition it's officially the off-season edition of the around the league podcast i'm ryan and i'm jake a little slow there bud um <laughs> uh, okay. we're back um it's been now like a week and a half actually since our last episode we decided to take last weekend off um probably should have posted something on our social media but just decided to take a break uh, after you know a long season and and doing it ep- you know we were consistent with episodes i think now for a while um we decided to just take a break and, and let news file in for us to get a good episode in and we have a lot today to get into um but how, how have you been jake i know uh we talked off air but uh on air how, how have you been uh now, how's without basketball now uh, it's been a week and a half or two weeks now uh since uh the last basketball game's been played. Yeah, it's it's been pretty uh,
1: different of a time. Um, again, we talk about the finals was our was our last episode. I haven't been able to get into any off season talk. Uh, just a disclaimer too with this episode. I mean, I've I haven't been feeling too well the past couple of days. So if I sound a little bit scratchy or um, whatever word you want to insert there, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. But uh, but yeah, I'm just ready to talk about some. Th- NBA offseason um, I know there's a lot of this is the time where there's not much to talk about so the media will brainstorm and come up with some really hot takes and then you have a lot of rumors up, a lot of rumors yeah and then you have a bunch of coaches being moved around in hirings and stepping downs and all that stuff so
0: yeah um, let's get into it our, our first topic uh, today is um, the Rockets Uh, Since the last time we recorded an episode, um, obviously we knew about Mike D'Antoni and he's no longer coming back. And then I think the big shock was Daryl Morey, who's been there for 10 plus years, basically, you know, over a decade. Um, He decided uh, they say it was a mutual decision or on his behalf. I kind of think it was a little bit of both. Um, Step down from being the general uh, general manager of the Houston Rockets. Um, and kind of, it's been kind of the shock of since the off season started, uh, 13 years. And I mean, he's been one of the more, uh, you know, in terms of speaking out, uh, GMs, you know, uh, over these past 13 years, obviously made the move to bring James Harden in, uh, really, um, was the first GM to, to go and go full, fully committed to small ball, uh, and the, and the way the Rockets kind of how that organized. Works um, and the way they play on the court. What was your initial thoughts on um, uh, his stepping down and his resignation? Yeah, I think that it's a, uh,
1: it's a little bit of a, I wouldn't say it's too much of a shocker, um, because if you look back a year ago, um, and what was happening with uh, he had some some comments about uh, China that kind of. Uh, with that whole ordeal kind of went south um, and there was a little bit of um, I guess chaos that went on with that uh, so I felt like it was again, this off season is, is crazy with uh, not necessarily we'll see how it goes from a player's perspective but we talk about all the coaches and the GMs um, from a personnel standpoint, it's going to be a really crazy off season as well so with Daryl Morey stepping down this is a guy who is well-respected, um, especially if, if you're affiliated with the Houston Rockets, you definitely respect a guy like this. Um, he's always been an analytics type of guy. And that's something that, uh, worked. I mean, we could say it worked to his advantage. I mean, it didn't result in in a chip, but it definitely resulted in consistency. Uh, the only team that, uh, recorded more wins, regular season wins throughout, um, his tenure was was the only one that was uh, before them, uh, and had first place. But that was the San Antonio Spurs, so they were able to rack up wins. You talk about how he's been there since 2007, um, I believe the 07-08 season, and so we talk about just the consistency uh, and just dealing with, in my in my opinion, just there is some luck drawn into it. Um, I wanted to find a quote that uh, Maury was talking about um, recently. Just about bad luck, and and it is he does have a point in the sense that you you have that bad luck, especially in 2018 where you were one game away from advancing the NBA finals and potentially winning that um, when you go up against the Cleveland Cavaliers um, mm-hmm. in the 2018 NBA finals. So you do have that, um, but then again you run into a team with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Draymond, Clay Thompson, um, and that super team in the in the Golden State Warriors. So you have that, and then you also have um, the bad luck when it comes to, of course, do you take risk and, um, do you deal with the risk? Yes. And again, it paid off with James Harden. They were able to really, um, experiment with with his game and really take it to a whole nother level. Um, and who, who knows where his career would be at without the Houston Rockets and, and vice versa, who knows where Daryl Morey would be without James Harden. So, um, I think that that relationship's really key. But like I said, there's risk in that as well. With paying guys um, X amount of money, uh, taking on uh, again, taking taking on Chris Paul's contract, and then having to deal with that trading for Russell, Russell Westbrook, and now uh, I think it's Rafael. I think the the guy that's going to take his position. His name's Rafael Stone, I believe. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. I yeah, I believe so. I, yeah, I believe so. yeah, I believe so. You're correct. Yeah, so so they have, um, so they have definitely the personnel to back him up. I think that the Houston Rockets' future will be, I don't think it'll be, be in a whole ton of question,
0: personally oh, in terms I, of the I,
1: personnel. Um, but know. then again, it. But then again, I mean, it does come with a lot of. Uh, I say when that you say, and it,
0: when when you say personnel, do you mean front office personnel or player person, like in terms of the players on the court or the the people who are. Uh... Constructing the team in terms of general manager, president of basketball operations, people like, like that. who do I have question marks about? Well, when you, who are you talking about when you say personnel?
1: No, the personnel is in the coaching personnel, like the like the guys behind the scenes.
0: Okay, I mean they still need to find a head coach. Obviously, I'm t- I know they do. I think you're, uh, they, I don't know. To me, they, there's a lot of questions with this team. Um, you have two guys in Russell Westbrook and James Harden who are taking up. $75 million of your cap. Then you have Eric Gordon and, and Robert Cummington, and that equals to basically, between those four guys, $100 million in cap. I don't know if I would want $100 million of cap if I had to choose four guys in the league, that I would choose those four guys. Um, they don't, you know, it. it's not like they have, you know, young talent on the team either. Um, they're They're an older team. Uh, youngest player on the team that I'm lo- that I'm looking at now, Chris Clemens, and I, you know, I wouldn't say that he's a budding su- a star, or a young star, with all due respect. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot of questions here. You know, obviously Daryl Morey is a surprise. I know it's a shock to me um, hearing that news. Uh, but I, I have to give credit, and you talked about um, in this sense. Whenever you know, when the when the Golden State Warriors formed their quote unquote super team. He was the only guy to say, hey, you know, we're going to go for it, too. Just because, you know, they they are the uh, supposed favorites, you know, that doesn't mean we can't go and try to win, too. And, and to be quite honest, they were they were a Chris Paul injury away from from beating them and taking them out um, in 2018. And, and in my opinion, I think probably beating the Cleveland Cavaliers in the in the finals. Um, that's, you know, we'll never know if they could have done that, if LeBron, you know, maybe now has five rings instead of four, who knows? Um, But I think they were really a a Chris Paul injury away from beating them uh, when all other teams really in the league said, Hey, you know, we're just going to kind of chill until this dynasty ends. And then we're going to go forward as you see now, um, as we talked about kind of last episode and would definitely get into more in future episodes, just how deep the league is becoming uh, in terms of, you know, contenders and just quality, uh, Teams in the league. Um, I don't know. I, I think to me, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I think James Harden is there to stay. Uh, he's kind, you know, he's he's been there now what since 2013. That's mm-hmm. seven, eight years. uh He's under contract for one, two, three more years, or two more years, and then a, he has a player option. Uh, same with Russell Westbrook, who's there two more years and a player option. It's going to be interesting if they can move Russell Westbrook. And I I don't know if they stay with the small ball. Um, This kind of leads me into um, coaching. And and you mentioned, you know, I kind of brought up they don't have a head coach. Up until today, even, I figured that, you know, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, who has been out of coaching since he left the Houston Rockets back in 2006 and seven, I believe. Or it could be 2008. Um, obviously been with ESPN as a, as a broadcast broadcaster and analyst. And in my opinion, one of the best in the business in that there's been rumored that, you know, he's been heavily uh, interested in, in taking this job, but now with this news of Daryl Morey leaving, uh, I just saw today that he's, um, you know, he's fallen out of the race almost as a favorite because he was the favorite up in, a couple of days ago. Um, now I see, you know, there's John Lucas, Uh, an assistant coach and former player. Uh, I know Sam Cassell has got heavy consideration um, to be, you know, head coach somewhere. Um, Where do you see this team with their next head coach? And and do they stay with this team? I mean, like I said, it's kind of hard to to negotiate, you know, move anything else around just with the salary cap they have. Where, I mean, how can they make this team better? Because to me, you look in the West right now, you're going to have the Lakers, you're going to have – Golden State coming back, the Clippers, if they can find, and we're going to talk about the Clippers next, if they can find, get their act together and find a way to come together as a team, because they have the talent for sure. Um, you have Denver, you have a whole bunch of teams out West. How can they figure out a way to to stay relevant?
1: Yeah, I think that, I think the first step is to, I I don't, I don't think that, uh, and, and this is why I think that Daryl Morey was very, um, very uh what's the word I- i'm looking for like i don't know he was just very um
0: he was a aggra- i mean aggressive i don't know
1: no well he implemented that small ball he was very high on on small ball That's yeah, what I'm yeah. Looking for. Uh-huh. so like so but with that uh again i i said that he in my opinion had a-, a short window and you could see that from um again he he had contact with uh with the owner um and and yeah, Tillman Fertitta and, and, and he had that, um, again, he was going through, you know, the experimentation with the Rockets. Um, for me personally, again, I think that the, the question mark does come from a player perspective, not from a coaching uh, personnel or not a coaching personnel, but a, a staff personnel, because you have stone filling in as the GM who's been within the team for 14 seasons. So I don't, I don't think, um, and he was also the, the guy behind, uh, more and just the decision making and things like of that nature so I, I really don't think
0: it'll be but it won't be much different basically. Yeah,
1: I don't think so but you do have to get different from the fact that you are consistent in the regular season but that doesn't come with a translation of winning in the playoffs and with the playoffs and I, I do think that you need to get bigger as a team you need to have a center um, I feel like Again, you had to make a decision financially with Clint Capella, but it did cost you in a lot of respects, right? Um, so I do think that. Well, you you see how big a guy like Bam and Abayo is for the Miami Heat. If you want to go small ball, at least get a guy like that where you can d- depend on um, a rim protector of, of some sort, um, a guy that can wh- uh, what you know, a guy that can do
0: a bunch of different things as a center instead of um, relying on perimeter. Yeah, and I mentioned teams in the West. Where do you see them? You have, like I mentioned, you have the Lakers, you have the Clippers, you have the Nuggets, the Mavericks with Luca and, and Chris Tops. I know, you know, people are very high in them. I'm You know, I'm pretty high in – I've been high on Luka now for – I mean, I've mentioned it multiple times before this podcast, you know, since he was – before he was even drafted and how special he is. You're going to have them. Obviously, the Warriors are, are going to be a, a threat again, I think everyone believes uh i think i just mentioned the nuggets so that's four or five teams right there are they better than are, are they better than any of those teams in your opinion i mean, I mean to it's, me, no, go, go, I mean, go.
1: yeah i mean it's tough for me to tell right now just because they don't have their i mean if you want to
0: suspect that jeff van is gonna get that job and then i don't know well, what i don't moves know they Make. yeah i mean to me people say well you know the offseason hasn't even begun i don't what moves can they make? Is someone really willing to take on Russell Westbrook's contract? I think Russell Westbrook has proved, and sadly, because uh, I've always been a Russell, you know, I don't dislike Russell Westbrook. I'm not a huge fan of his, but, you know, I'm just in between. He's proved that it seems like anywhere he goes or, you know, whatever stars are around him, they struggle. It's like, you know, you you look at, you know, I know Paul George was an MVP candidate last year in OKC, but come playoff time, it's just like there's nothing uh, that – can get going, and his teams are always just kind of in uh, not mediocrity, but just they stay relevant and they can't go anywhere. You know, they can't win. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, you agree. You just, I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel that that's my feeling on it. I, I get it. Um, I feel like there's uh,
1: a lot to be done um, structurally from with the Houston Rockets, and I I go I go as far as to say is. I don't really think they break the top five team in the Western Conference. I'm not talking about like, um, like I don't care about seedings, however you look at it, but just like me looking
0: at, at the teams,
1: at the teams top to bottom in the West. I don't know if they break top five without getting that five um, because I, I just, again, you you can only rely on perimeter shots so much and you saw the demise of, of the Houston Rockets was the Los Angeles Lakers and how they were able to to uh, again, they, they have so much. The Lakers were able to do so much with their lineup. Um, if you mm-hmm. look at as they go deeper and deeper to the finals, um, just doing so much with their lineup. And uh, again, you need you need that five. Um, I can't stress it enough. Yeah, some type of five. Yeah, I don't. I don't, think, I'm yeah, I, don't I don't big. Right. And I just don't know if like. Again, I don't know how far you. And I still feel like they do look for that second piece. Still, like they experimented with with Chris Paul. They they're trying things out with Russell Westbrook. Is he that guy? I don't know. That's something well, you look into. I'm not sure if you if you trade
0: <laughs> you go as far as to trade James Harden. But I, yeah, I here mean. here here's the thing with both of them. I think James Harden. I think we've come at, to me. It's almost like LeBron. Um, In no way is, you know, James Harden's a very special player, top five player in this league, in my opinion, but, he, you know, LeBron is LeBron. They both are kind of, it's kind of like they're putting up such great numbers that you expected. I mean, James Harden, what did he average 34 this season? I mean, that's, that's, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, And it's kind of like we just kind of come to expect it's just like LeBron puts up almost triple, triple doubles up night uh, on a consistent basis almost. And it's just kind of like, he'll put up, LeBron will put up 25, 11 and eight. And it's just like, oh, he had a bad game. Uh, But I think the contracts to me, and I think Russell Westbrook, that contract, he's making, he's going to make 41 million this season, uh, this upcoming season, the season after 43. And then he has a player option for $46 million. I don't see a team, maybe the Knicks, just because they, they're, you know, Cause they're the Knicks. Uh, yeah. But what are they, you know, what are you giving in return that, that the Rockets want? Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it should be interesting. Um, we talk about all the teams in, in the West and I, I want to get into um, the Clippers. They hired uh, Ty Lue, um as their new head coach Um He, uh, he, obviously, he coached the Cleveland Cavaliers for three or four years with LeBron, won a championship in 2016. Um, How, they just, you know, they fire after that, you know, probably the most disappointing, uh, I think in my opinion, probably the most disappointing ending to a season uh, besides, um, I guess you could say the Warriors, the 73-9 Warriors, but really, you know, coming up this short, uh, since probably uh, LeBron in 2011 with the Heat. Um, what did you think of this hire? Um, yeah, I mean, this is
1: for sure the the hire that everyone was kind of looking at and trying to see, hey, who are the Clippers going to sign just because of, as you alluded to, just how they, they exited the NBA bubble. It just wasn't um, idealistic compared to what everyone thought the Clippers were going to be able to do, so uh Tyloo, i i don't know i i feel like this is sort of his um this is sort of his calling in a sense i feel like there's he he last coached for or let's let's state it this way he he last was a head coach for um for cleveland and again you gotta you gotta point your head at him and be like you know what now now is your time Tyloo, because how much can be accredited accredited to LeBron James and then how much can be accredited to, to Ty Lue during that championship run. Um, again, now he has a chance to come and coach the Clippers, which have some of that same... Um, they're more deep than those Cavs teams, um, but then again, I mean, have a lot of scrutiny and have a lot of criticism right now on their side. Um, so again, the good news is is that this guy um, was... Experienced yeah was experienced and he he's coming off the uh he he was just an assistant for them so um coming into that head coaching role I don't think will be a a large uh, transition um but then again you you do have to pick up the slack uh because of of all that criticism that I mentioned and you're replacing Doc Rivers um who then again is a championship level head coach um but then again I mean teams have their fits um and Doc Rivers couldn't get the job done with the Clippers but now you have Ty Lue coming in so we'll see what happens
0: yeah the, the, i i've been so high on um i've been so high on on just the um the clippers i, I mean both of us have since last season and it was a big disappointment uh, i don't even think we talked about it enough uh, how big of a disappointment 3-1 lead they were up what 17 going into the fourth quarter of, of mm. game five um, up double digits in all all their you know closeout games you know uh, that they could have had and just just a dismantling and, a, and a, just a total uh, uh, you know just they couldn't put it together I think uh, you know they said it themselves I think just no one wanted to be in the bubble it was a matter of and and again I think This goes, and and something that really stuck out to me, I think, that we said at the beginning of the bubble, uh, not to get off topic, but we we said at the beginning of the bubble, hey, whoever has the most mentally strong team, um, whoever, you know, has the most discipline and and, and culture in their team, not to, you know, I know that's a big thing for the Heat, but, you know, around the league, who has the best culture and stuff, we saw it. (laughs) You know, the four teams that, that remained in terms of Boston, Denver, the Heat and the Lakers, then obviously the Heat and Lakers in the finals, you didn't hear any, um, uh, uh, you know, things that were going on in the locker room. I know the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, they had some stuff, but still, it was, you know, that's, that happens with the team. This team, it just seemed like no one wanted to be there, um, and it showed. I mean, guys were leaving, coming from the bubble, and and to me, they need a leader in that team. I don't know who it is. No one knows who it is. Um, is going to be a free agent. They don't know if he's going to come back. Uh, in my opinion, I, I just, I, I know we're going to get into rumors next week. I, I believe he's going to just take a contract elsewhere because he's going to get his money. Um, and you look at this team and how star-studded they are, people don't realize this could be, this is their last season together. You know, it's a short window of opportunity pending that, you know, uh, that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both have a, uh, they're both co- uh, going to be for agents next summer or whenever the off season is going to be. Um, they could leave and this team, you know, could, fall back down to mediocrity and all of that that they have been for their whole entire existence. Um, they, I feel like they need to shake something up. I don't know what it is. Uh, because you know, you, you, you can agree with this. I mean, you look up yeah. and down this roster, it's just like, they have the defense, they have the shooting, uh, they have, you know, the offense, they, they, they have everything. Um, maybe they a big man but i think Zubac is, is so underrated in what he can do as a big man he he's done a phenomenal job i think but i think to me it's leadership and and uh i don't know i think Tai Lu he he's you know he's coming in there obviously he knows what's going on in that, lock, lock that locker room um especially as an assistant coach he gets a little more insight as to what's going on uh, because players feel like, hey, you're not the head coach, you're not the head boss, so we can kind of talk to you a little more than the head coach. But at the same time, it's like, you know, what what is he going to do to fix that? And I think it, again, goes to personnel uh, and, you know, Steve Ballmer and everyone else as the owner and, and uh, front office and to what moves can they make to make this team better?
1: Yeah, I, I think personally, and again, I'm saying this without really – looking at any other team, but I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't really think of any other team that's in a hot seat as much as the Clippers are in this next season. We talk about the, the short window they have to operate, as you mentioned. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's trying to get this group together and it's, it's win now it's, it's, it's championship or nothing for this team because things can happen come 2021. We already, you know, we'll get into Giannis as, as the uh, as the upcoming year progresses, but uh, again, I mean, guys can be on the move from the Clippers too. I mean, 2021 is really going to be an, an interesting offseason. I'll say this: you say they have everything. I think they're missing one thing, and that's consistency. You talk about the load management um, in the, earlier in the season. It's it's one of the first podcasts we ever did um, about Kawhi, and then uh, and then really just inconsistency with. Um, and this, this has nothing to do with, um, I guess voluntarily sitting out, but more you deal with injuries in the bubble, um, and
0: guys sitting out, whether it be Pat Bev, Montres Harrell. Yeah, um, that was a, that was a big thing you, not to interrupt. And I feel like I always do that too. Um, load management because there was something came out in the past week. Uh, and I know, I think one of the guys, I don't know if it was Montrez or Lou, uh, but supposedly Patrick Beverly, Montrose and Lou Williams, the three guys who kind of ruined this out over the past couple of years with the uh, Clippers, they weren't too happy that, uh, you know, Kawhi got basically to choose whatever he wanted to do. And it seems like the more that comes out about Kawhi, uh, if you were to ask me or I'd really ask anyone about Kawhi uh, dating back to his Spurs days or even when he was with the Raptors, it seemed like he was, you know, pretty uh, quiet guy, didn't need much uh just you know he just tried to keep himself healthy and that was it but it seems like now he's kind of more of a prima donna uh for lack of a better term um how much do you think that plays a part uh when you know it's kind of like and and again we always go back to the heat but i'm going to go back to the heat here um you look at you know star player that you know everyone's treated the same yeah there's going to be you know certain things that, you know, your max player, your star player is going to be treated a little different. But basically, you know, from your your number one guy on, on the team to the two way guy who, you know, is sitting at the end of the bench and not playing. Everyone basically treated the same. And it seems like here, you know, the Clippers are kind of giving Kawhi the benefit of the doubt and just letting him do what he wants. If that's showing up late for team planes. Um, I think he's still living in, in San Diego some of the time during the season and, you know, just taking helicopters or flights to, to L.A. for games and practices and showing up late, how much does that factor in? And what is, you know, will that stop with Ty Lue? I mean, I, I don't know, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is the demise of a team when you have your primary option, your number one guy, uh, go-to guy, just not cooperating with the rest of the team and, and being uh, high demand, uh, needy. Again, that's that's words you could use to describe um, what, you, what you were talking about. But really with Kawhi, I mean, you just have to, Again, it goes back to San Antonio when he was sitting out. Uh, then he goes to Toronto. Uh, still up in the air about the move to Toronto. Ends up getting a championship. And now you go from championship having all these high standards to LA um, with the uh, all the lights on you. Um, there's no other than maybe New York, but we talk about New York not really being, uh, uh, again, a basketball town as of right now um, and as of like, 20 years, 30 years, whatever it may be. Um, But again, with with LA, you you have all this, all this, uh, all the cameras on you, and and Kawhi obviously is is just putting in in a perspective where uh, again we talk about how he needs to be needy and all this other stuff. So it can be really detrimental. I I do think that the the Clippers have a lot on their plate um, for sure. And uh, as I was mentioning before, I just think that consistency is is of the utmost up, up importance something that Tyron Lue does have to um have to, it has, it has to be addressed quick the the load management um and then also you look at Doc Rivers who wasn't really Doc Rivers like when you, when you get to the playoffs I mean just making adjustments on the, on the uh you know late late in the series and and it's 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 very risky and uh especially against the nuggets who play with a lot of heart give them props I mean they gave them Again, they went seven, and they ended up taking down one of the one of the favorites. Um, so you got to give it, uh, tip your hat off to them. But uh, it's very again, you can't you can't be inconsistent. You have to stay consistent through the regular season, through the playoffs, and whatever aspect it may be. So it, it doesn't mean that they don't have the talent, or it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong uh, with the organization. I mean, I think it's a great organization and a, a great team they put together from at least a talent perspective. Uh, now others can disagree from uh, a personality perspective, whatever like we just talked about. But um, there are certain loopholes with the Clippers um, as far as inconsistency, and those need to be addressed. So I, I think uh, again, change is always again when you have your backs against the wall. Change is always uh, is not always a, a bad thing,
0: and it might be needed for the Clippers. Yeah, you know it seems. And and to me, I, I really didn't think of them this way until the bubble. I mean, they were kind of the villains of the NBA. Um, you know, no one liked them. It seems like no other teams liked them. Uh, you know, I think them and the Lakers really. I mean, we, we really missed out on a what would have been a great playoff series, a really interesting one. Um, I, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a lot of question marks that. Uh, I can't say right now that, hey, you know, I, obviously I think the Lakers need to be the favorites just because they want a title. Um, I think that would only be fair. But I can't say that, hey, they're the definite number two in the West. Like I, we keep mentioning, and we're, we're going to keep talking about, you know, the Warriors. I think it's so interesting what they're going to do with that number two overall pick. Do they draft, you know, someone like a James Wiseman and complete, you know, finally get that stable center? do they go out and try to trade, you know, that number two overall pick and bring someone else in, uh, Andrew Wiggins, you know, what, what he brings and, and if he can, you know, he doesn't need to be that star uh, number one option. And if he can develop and and get better just in his role, Uh, you're getting Stephen Clay back. Hopefully they come back, you know, you know, they're getting older, but hopefully they come back the same or if not better, uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, there's, the West is so deep, as is the East next year, that the Clippers are going to need to get it together, get it together fast. And I think they need to find someone, um, if that's through trade or if that's through free agency, just someone that can uh, – or even, you know, you look and, and, and it it brought it got brought to my attention today. I was watching ESPN and someone mentioned, uh, again, Heat and Lakers. The Heat, who did they have as their leader? You know, at the end of the bench, they had Udonis Haslam. Uh, obviously on the court, Jeremy Butler, uh, uh, you know, even guys like Goran Dragic. you know, they had all, you know, leaders that, that stood up and said, Hey, you know, this is what it needs to be for the Lakers. Obviously you have LeBron, uh, Jared Dudley at the end of that bench, you know, kind of, this is what I see, you know, that someone who's not playing. And I feel like they made me to go out there and, and sign someone that maybe he's not going to play, but he's going to have a huge impact because off the floor, he's going to say, Hey, you know, this can't be going on. You know, you can't be coming to practice later. You know, someone needs to be held accountable and and maybe that's, you know, also Ty Lu needs to, to, like I said, you know, just a a few minutes ago, maybe he needs to start with, you know, accountability and just building something, you know, some sort of a culture. I feel like it gets thrown around so loosely nowadays, the word culture, but I feel like it works, you know, when when you have a stability and and I don't know what went wrong with uh, Doc Rivers because I feel like he's a a really good coach, but I felt like he just didn't have that locker room uh, tight it doesn't seem like a team that, you know, enjoys each other's company, I guess. Or, you know, cuz you look at most championship-level teams, not only are they, you know, great on the court, but off the court, you know, they get, there's guys always hanging out with each other, uh stuff like that, and this team I just don't see that. Um. But,
1: right. I Ryan, I want to ask yeah. you a question real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so um I know it's kind of a vague question um and you can answer it however you you uh, you know, you feel but um, I've been thinking like there's so much activity in the and and this goes back to last off season as well with just the activity of of uh players and and now you have a bunch of uh, personnel being moved around in terms of the coaching and the staff behind the scenes guys is this potentially the the most exciting s- season as an nBA fan like moving forward i mean is this does this have that yeah. that kind of um, i'll say i'll it? say it
0: I'll say it in this way, I think it's going to have the most buildup because, and, and it's I don't even think we're going to cover it today, and we don't know when the season's going to be. That's the craziest part of this all. You think about it, it's October 24th, we're recording this October 24th, this will come out October 24th. Uh, normally, a year ago, I think tonight maybe even, or maybe it's tomorrow, uh, opening night was, you know, <laughs> last year. You know, normally this time, preseason had just ended, or if not, is just ending or getting ready for the regular season. We don't know when when the season's even going to start. Um, there's, you know, obviously uh, initially, you know, we talked back in June when the whole bubble plan came together and stuff like that. They were like, hey, December first, you know, uh, season's going to end October first, and and they're going to try to quick off season turnaround and, and get going immediately. Now, think this season might not start until mid February. Like what? Where you know we don't know. Is it going to be an eighty-two game season? Are they going to limit it to sixty games? Could it be less than that? Um, so there's so <laughs> there's so much to unpack. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a really really exciting season. I feel like, but at the same time, it could be a big letdown just because we might not get its full potential. Um, it, there's also the possibility, and I, I know that. I don't even know. I barely understand this to a sense in terms of just the the collective bargaining agreement. And, and you know, I guess that goes into how many games, um, not to get too off track here. And I know we weren't supposed to talk about this, but, you know, it's just like going to Orlando and, they, you know, people are like, oh, why did they choose eight games to play for seating games? Well, that was because they needed to get to a certain point for TV rights deals and, and to get their money, um, get their, you know, uh, and. Then they they want their fans back in the stands, but it, you know, listen. You look at the NFL right now and the problems they're having with COVID, and they're getting through it. But you know, a lot of reschedules. Uh, then they'll be miraculously. I don't know how they did it there. You know, in the World Series now, and and they have you know they did a bubble for the World Series or for the playoffs, just a kind of uh, a more loosely bubble. Um, the, NBA the NBA had no issues though. Uh, yeah, you look at it and and, <clears throat> and uh, they had none. They had none. No COVID cases. Uh, you know, obviously. You had, you know, some players, you know, minor stuff, you know, if they left the bubble back, whatever it was, but they had no major issues and they're taking it to the safest route possible and they're going to try to get fans back in the stands, but at the same time, they're not going to listen. You know, you look what's going on in the country right now um, in terms of just, you know, we live in Florida. Florida is basically, it's back to normal life in Florida. Uh, uh, You know, everyone's, you know, restaurants are open again. Uh, you can pack a football stadium in with 90,000 if you really wanted to. I know teams aren't doing that yet, but, you know, according to local government and and state government, you can do that. So um, the NBA is going to take a safe approach, but at the same time, we don't know when the next season is going to be. I know I kind of went totally off track with your question. Uh, It just led me down a rabbit hole that, you know, just thinking like, yes, normally (laughs) it would be so exciting um, and it still is going to be exciting, but we i I don't know how to you know classify uh when when you know we're gonna be sitting here I'll tell you you know we're probably gonna have twenty episodes and that's twenty weeks worth i, I or we'll probably have a good ten to seventeen episodes before ne- the next n b a season starts and and to think that we might not get basketball until february that's a long time uh and you know. I hope we get it sooner. This this will be a very exciting NBC, NBA season, though. I guess to round out your question, um, I don't know. What real quick? What are your thoughts? I, I know I kind of took up a lot of time there. Um, I, I shouldn't really even rush you. Just go ahead and. What do you think? Um,
1: yeah, I do feel like it could potentially be the the most exciting season we'll we'll end up seeing. Uh, again, it's not the uh, the most idealistic. I mean, I I do feel like there should be. Uh, an ESPN 30 for 30 on just this whole time period. Um, and, like, and I bet you there will, and there probably will be, and, <laughs> and that'll be really entertaining to watch. Like, I mean, that just like one quick point like, I when watching the NBA bubble, I mean, they did a great job. I mean, we we talked about how, how exceptionally well Adam Silver and the whole crew did with that. Um, as we mentioned in the previous episode, but. Like, I just, when I was watching NBA basketball at first, it was sort of a transition, but then it, it got to the point where it's like, if you look you on social media, yeah, if you look on social media, or if you look, um, if you just watch the game simply, like, you would have never thought that a virus was around, and uh, it was just pretty amazing to see, but yeah, as for, like, the future, I, I just, uh, again, I, I'm there's a lot of... Anticipation for this next season. Um, I feel like there's there's a little bit of a disservice just because. Uh, no shade to the twenty twenty free agency class, but if we had twenty one the twenty one free agency class like
0: now, it would be even more insane. Um, but again, I'm kind of glad in a sense that um, I know we won't get as much activity, and we might. Who knows? In terms of big names moving, well, but I'm kind of I'm kind of glad that it's not this offseason just with so much uncertainty and stuff that we kind of get a season in and hopefully the NBA can regain, uh, everything that, you know, they lost in terms of revenue and stuff because oh. that, that's a whole nother conversation for a different day that, you know, just I kind of got into before that it's, I think it goes both over our heads and the people who listen to this podcast probably don't even get, uh, half the stuff that, you know, we would dive into, but, I, I don't know. It's it's.
1: I mean, the CBA is really complex and all that. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, so, I yeah, still, no, yeah, honestly, yeah. I still don't even know so, as a as uh, a as a
0: as a guy that does this podcast. Like, really, like yeah, goes into that. I've been following NBA for so long, and I've tried to understand the CBA, and it's just like what the like. I some of the stuff is just. It's like, like taking another class. Honestly.
1: Yeah, it's like
0: it's like, it's a whole other language, a whole with the with the TV rights and all that. Um, yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to be something. That uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think um, it's going to be a great, great season. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you know if it's even you know five thousand fans in an arena, that'll be something. Uh, and we can get NBA basketball back, uh, sooner rather than later, and uh, get a season going. Um, and I do want to, tra- yeah, I do want to transition. Actually, when you know, as we recorded this podcast uh, just a few hours ago, now will be a couple of days. Uh, when this podcast releases uh, the New Orleans Pelicans have a new head coach Stan Van Gundy uh, got hired um, as the head coach uh, as the new head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans most recently he coached uh, the Detroit Pistons before he got fired after the 2017-18 season he spent uh, four seasons in Detroit most notably uh, he was with Orlando for five seasons and, and took them to a, a NBA Finals appearance and he was with the Heat and um, I guess it's I keep asking the same generic question. Uh what were your thoughts on this? Because I feel like this has this is really big for the Pelicans and, and this is either a big hit or miss hire in terms of, you know, where this franchise is and, and the direction with all their young players are headed. Yeah,
1: it's it's very uh I, I think this is a really good hire. Um at first I was kinda like, whoa, you know, Stampin' Gundy, whoa, that's that's kind of a a name that I don't feel like it's coming into too much conversation, but as you look into it, I think it's a really smart hire by the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I feel like when they um, chose to move on from AD and then from a uh, personnel standpoint, um, they've done a great job of really rebuilding this team. Uh, You look at what they've done with, uh, and and again, Zion Williamson is really a no-brainer at number one for them. So, I mean, they were able to get him. And then you look at, the the year that um uh, that brand ingram has had um with being most improved, I feel like Stan Van Gundy can help out those two guys and really um uh, really uh a, a good trajectory with, with that whole crew. Uh he did coach JJ Reddick um in Orlando so uh he does have a connection there with JJ um and it's important to have that connection just because uh, a guy that's a veteran on your team um it's just a really good connection to have there. Um, and again, I feel like the, the Pelicans are, again, this could be the the move to push them over the edge in terms of, uh, definitely getting a playoff spot. I feel like Van Gundy can be the guy They were 21st defensively and, um, Stan Van Gundy is a defensive oriented coach. You saw what Frank Vogel was able to do again. That's a totally different team. But again, you see how a defensive oriented coach can help you, um, in a multitude of ways. So that, that'll definitely, um, That'll definitely increase um, their camaraderie in a, in a sense. Um, defensively, um, I feel like they can be a, a way better defensive team because of Stan Van Gundy. I also think there's two things I want to point out as well about this hire. Um, number one, Van Gundy's had a, had an experience of propelling young guys' careers. Um, if you want to look at a guy like Zion, exactly Martin, what I was going to point out, and <laughs> right, and he and he. And he had that with the young D Wade, and then a young Dwight Howard propelling both of them to, or not, 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 um, uh, not D Wade, because that was with Pat Riley where he had his championship. No, run.
0: No, no, no. I, I would, I would say he had a big part in D Wade, and even if you ask Dwayne Wade, I think he was a, a key part of yeah, yeah, his I, development. I know, I know. I'm just saying, like from a,
1: from a, uh, if you want to look on paper, I mean, he wasn't yeah. a part of that championship run in a sense. Uh, yeah. But it was what is it was key in his development. Uh, if you look at Dwight Howard, though, it's interesting to see because he has a very uh, big impact on his career. If, when Dwight Howard was um, traded the Lakers, you kind of see how his career kind of fell off. And with Stan, it was uh, again he was a monster. Um, so again, that has like a a bunch of other variables to to link to that. But um, you could point out to Stan Van Gundy as a guy that had a, a big. Uh, impact on Dwight Howard's early career. Um, and if you look at, I mean, I was looking through like the the New Orleans uh, Pelicans roster and a guy that can really take leaps and bounds with uh, Stan Van Gundy is a guy like Jackson Hayes, who's a rim, rim protector, similar to Dwight Howard in the sense. Um, again, does not have the same uh, talent level, but who knows how that can improve. You see the, the leaps that, guys have made on that team, such as Brandon Ingram. So be on the lookout for a guy like maybe Jackson Hayes to improve with Stan Van Gundy and, and the way he's been able to, um, what he was able to do with Dwight Howard in Orlando. So um, I, I feel like it is, it's very um, important to get a coach that sets you up for your future and is, is a good fit. And with the, uh, the path that the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans were on prior to this hiring, it just makes a lot of sense to me that Stan Van Gundy was
0: the guy after looking at it closely. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I, I, I was, it's funny. I was kind of – I don't know why I was shocked by the, the hire. I guess I, I knew all along that, you know, I know that he was kind of uh, in, uh, one of the front runners for the job. Um, I know, you know, you ask some people and, you know, they're like, no, we don't like the hire. You know, they should have gone, you know, with a, a younger, you know, um, guy, more, maybe a former player uh but me yeah, i was a bit surprised honestly yeah I, I i really like it um he's a no-nonsense coach um i think you know zion you know some people again some people are gonna say hey he doesn't need that this early in his career this could be great for zion and again you pointed out and that was gonna be my main point he was uh you know i'm, I'm looking here he was with d wade um early you know his rookie year and his second year his second year, obviously, they got Shaq. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and, and they lost. And then uh, halfway through that championship season, 2005-2006, for the Heat, uh, Pat Riley said, hey, I'm going to come down, and, and you're fired. Uh, and then <laughs> the event... <well, laughs> Just I mean, straight like amazing. that, you're fired. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, uh, a lot more went into that. but And then he went right. to the Magic, and, I mean, you think about the Magic, they really haven't been relevant since Dwight Howard or Stan Van Gundy. Um, they've kind of just been, a uh, mediocre to bad team. Um, and he did a great job. Again, you highlighted Dwight Howard, young Dwight Howard, um, during that time and really got his full potential. Um, so I think this could be really, really good for Zion. Not only Zion, but you look at, you know, you have, uh, Brandon Ingram, you have Alonzo Ball, you have Josh, I mean, just a whole bunch of, um, young, young players. And then you also mentioned JJ Redick. Uh, who he coached down in Orlando when JJ Reddick came into, you know, was early on in his uh, journey in the league. And that's a huge, you know, I, I just uh, was watching um, JJ Reddick's podcast with coach K. I know you watched the same thing because we talked about it off air and he, you know, coach K and both and JJ both said, Hey, you know, obviously at the time, maybe JJ knew something that we didn't, but you know, they were saying, Hey, how Stan, you know, with such an uh, instrumental piece in JJ Reddick lasting this long in the league. Um, so I think, obviously, he had a big part in probably this hiring. Um, so, I mean, yeah, this is great. I, I really like this hiring. Um, I think there's still some question marks with this team. Uh, we mentioned how deep the West is. I think they can maybe possibly um, uh, fight for a playoff spot. And before I ask you that question, can they? Um, I think something for that, you know, that will need to be taken into account. Drew Holiday. What happens with him? Because I know there's a whole bunch of teams that are maybe one piece away. Um, that probably would want him. He, you know, he still has you know this year on his contract and then a player option going into the following season. Um, um, you know, do they want to keep him? Him being 30 years old, how does that fit? So this is to me. I'm I'm really excited about this Pelicans future and, and having Stan Van Gundy. And you mentioned the defense. Um, being the worst defensive, I think the I think they had the worst defensive rating. Correct me if I'm wrong. Last year, and he's a defensive-minded coach. No, I don't this.
1: think they did. I think they were they were 21st. I think I looked it up before.
0: They they were in the bottom percentile, basically of the league. Yeah. And, and you get a you get a coach like Stan, who 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 that's what he that's what he tips you know holds his hat on, um is is defense. This can be a really really good fit. I you know I think Zion is you know going into second year. This team's going to go how Zion goes. Um, that's my opinion. He, you know, if Zion is playing like he played at Duke, you know, this team could go as, you know, listen, I'm not saying they're going to win a championship or, or, you know, be contending, but they can go as far as Zion goes. I think uh, Brendan Ingram, I think that's going to be a r- big key. You know, what happens with him? He's a restricted for agent this, you know, this this offseason right now. I, I believe he'll be back. Who knows? Um, but Yeah. I mean, you you look at this team. You look at Stan. Obviously, I think they'll be moved, made in the offseason You know, with Brandon Ingram and who knows what else, you see you see them maybe getting a, a playoff spot.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think that, like I said before, I, I feel like this does um, propel them into that next level in terms of what Stan Van Gundy can do with. Uh, I mean, you look at his resume; it speaks for itself. With just how he's been able to impact uh, these um, young players' careers. And you talk about the longevity. I think it's a good point. A lot of his players, uh, or not a lot, but mainly – like his main players end up playing a long time. Um, and that's that's no uh, – that really isn't any opinion. I mean, that's a fact. I mean, they, they just end up um, with very long careers, and it can be very instrumental in a, in a young player's career um, – from top to bottom with the Pelicans roster, you talk about a lot of guys that can be in this league for a, a good amount of time if if uh, if coached correctly and, and given the right uh given the right uh direction and and things of that nature. So again, I, I think that the Pelicans um, can for sure get that. Again, it's there's a lot of movement in the West, so I'm not 100 percent certain, but I, I think they can very much be fighting for that eight seed. Uh, the West is very deep. Um a lot of moves are going on um in terms of a personnel standpoint and um there's not too many moves that I'm disagreeing with in, in terms of the West. I know there's there's been uh a lot of personnel changes in comparison to the uh I mean both conferences really, but um the West has always been a uh a stronger conference and uh and again it's 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 up in the air, but again, depending on, on the uh the player developments, I mean, this team could definitely get an eight seed, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, again, I'll repeat it again. This team goes as far as Zion goes. If Zion, turn, you know, becomes, you know, I know people already label him a superstar, and what, so, but if he actually, you know, obviously this past season you know him starting off with an injury not coming in until january then the whole shutdown and, and him not i don't think being fully in shape going into um the bubble uh because he just didn't look himself in the bubble and i know i, th- I me personally i think they would have gotten that eight seed had the season continued um uh so yeah i mean it, it's definitely going to be something to to watch for uh moving forward um that yeah. it's it's just uh I, again, I can't stress it enough. It's it's Stan Van Gundy and and the role uh, he's going to play in their development. I, I think to me, this this hire is either going to turn out really really well or could go really really poorly. Um, yeah, I, this, I think with my for this Pelicans
1: to, team. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but I I, I really do uh, believe strongly in that Jackson Hayes point I brought up. I think that he if if using correctly, like he could actually be a a Dwight Howard level of some sort like honestly i mean i'm reading like some of his like draft stuff and i mean this it you know being able to protect the rim rebound catch slobs on offense from day one um his upside is clearly there elite frame fluid athleticism could render him one of the better defensive bigs in the nba one day with proper development um and again he, i mean he shoots well again I, I would have to look at like nba um, type stats but I mean off of like the, the descriptions here I mean he really could be like um, Dwight Howard like I mean I'm not going to say again it's it's a big comparison but I mean it, it's not a uh, it's not a bold take, take that, I, that I'll shy
0: away from for sure so yeah um, I do want to move on to the Indiana Pacers as they hired a new head coach um, after uh, firing Nate McMillan, they hired Kevin. Uh, for, yeah, it's a tough last name. For, uh, I'm not even gonna try Bej- to pronounce. Bajorcun? I don't. Bajorcun? That sounds good. Um, I'm just gonna call him, and it, it's not even Nate uh, B. Nate B. Nate. Yeah. Uh, ESPN made a mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. You know what? I'm not even gonna cut that out. I'm just gonna leave it. We're gonna roll with it. Uh okay. <laughs> wow, I just noticed an ESPN mistake. Um I'm reading their article here and then I went to the next article and it says Nate, but on here it says that t- this is this is exactly and you can you guys can search this up. Indiana Pacers <laughs> new coach, Kevin. How did you say his last name? Kevin. Bajorquin says he wanted the job because of team talent. That was the exact <laughs> thing. Uh this article was written by it says the Associated Press. I want to get an actual name on here. They took the name out, I guess. Damn, I wanted a name on here. God, again, we're, we're sidetracked, but this is you. You need Jake. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you can search this up. Um, you, I think yeah, you I'll, need to, I'll look because and then they have a video playing of on the jump, and it says Nate. So, <laughs> are you talking about the ESPN article? Yeah, no, it's the ESPN article. Yeah, that, that's why. Because I'll be totally honest, I. I we we're coming up with topics to to talk about before and we knew it was going to be all coaching and stuff before this and literally right before I'm like oh crap like I knew I'm forgetting something I searched up and I saw Pacers you know head coach you know new head coach I totally forgot the guy's name I think you know that kind of goes into what um we're going to be talking about here just as kind of a surprise but also could be a potential good hire um but I just totally forgot the guy's name and I even told you that and I'm searching it up as i was introducing the topic because i've been about i was host hosting that way that i didn't have the you know the guy's name already pulled up and i was just reading the first thing that i saw and it says kevin bejerkran um and then he said nate and i'm like i look at the next three articles and it's nate 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 and i'm just like wow good job espn um anyway to get on with the topic <laughs> um jesus uh you know, God, this is. I'm I'm telling you, this podcast is just becoming. We're really just just winging everything here. Um, it's kind of it's this is definitely I think the biggest surprise of all the coaching hires so far. Um, a guy who uh, coached in the D League or the G League, whatever you want to call it. Um, assistant coach with uh, um, uh, God, not you know, the Raptors. I can't speak uh what's the practice nick nurse, nick nurse. I'm, I'm really I, I, to be totally transparent and jake knows this I, I took a test earlier today um took me about two hours to take my brain is fried um and i just can't think uh we probably i don't know why we're doing this hey, whatever besides the point um <laughs> <laughs> we're, what, are, what are we we're, we're almost an hour into this now this is our last topic let's get through this jake uh, put, help me here help me here um Nate, Nate, Nick Nurse. He was an assistant coach under Nick Nurse. Won, a, I think, a G League uh, title back a few years ago. Um, I think the Pacers are kind of taking almost a Raptors approach to this. That you know they they got rid of a, a an experienced head coach and they're bringing in kind of a a wild card who's had success in other levels of the NBA as an assistant coach and also a head coach in the G League. Um, I guess, just what what are your initial thoughts, and and we'll go from there. Because yeah, I, I can't, I I, I I can't speak, and I'm just gonna let you take over here. Yeah, I feel
1: like we, uh, this is a whole episode. I just feel like we should just leave at a uh, at a whole coaching oh, I, spiel
0: because yeah, we've no, just I, talked
1: about coaches the whole time, which is, which I mean, it, it is warranted because there's a lot of moves um, on the uh, on the coach market, and and there's even, I, is there any other? Well, I'm not gonna make you think right now, but. No. But, I don't know if there's any other coaching um no. spots available still. Uh yes,
0: yes. The yes, Rockets, the, the Rockets. The Rockets. Right? Yeah,
1: we we just yeah. That I know, yeah. I, But I think that's it, right?
0: Yeah. Because this I, is a I lot of so. <laughs> This is a lot of coaches you know what, getting uh, hired before here. Before we before we just act like we don't know anything because that's that's the way it's going right now. Let's just focus on the topic at hand. Yeah. Let's just the, talk the, about the yeah. Uh, let's yeah. just talk about the Pacers
1: hiring here with this uh, yeah.
0: with this Nate guy. <laughs> um
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of um there's like two nates and with with the firing of nick mcmillan and now they're hiring another nate uh, uh yeah another nate and then you have nick nurse who was associated with this nate so there's a lot of n um i guess that's probably where, where um your head's getting uh you know your head's hurting because of this but um anyway let me just give my spiel about this um about the Indiana Pacers between already, Nate and
0: Nate, and then Nick Nurse with two. Everything's just an N, uh, so yeah, I, there you yeah.
1: go. Yeah, it's a little annoying. But um, as far as this, the the Indiana Pacers are taking um, now again. The, their whole thing is is that you have a lot of even more question marks than a team like the Rockets, as we mentioned earlier, uh, because you have a lot of uh, Victor Oladipo might be one of the more underrated um, assets in terms of the trade market. Um, He is a big name, but a lot of what's being said is about Giannis um, and Bradley Beal, and and not enough is being said about Victor Oladipo. Um, He is going to be be an unrestricted free agent um, in 2021. Uh, So again, you are taking um, a bit of a risk if you're going to trade for him. Uh, you've heard about Miami trading for him, maybe Milwaukee going and trade, trading for him. I've heard, I've seen uh, videos talking about that. Um, and that the fact that I feel like it's a good idea for Milwaukee, you're, you're um, again, you, you kind of have to go with that just because you're one of the few teams that were expected to get far and you didn't. Um, so trying to get that second option, I don't think Chris Middleton is that guy They could go for Victor Oladipo. Uh, but besides the point, before I get sidetracked, i um, I felt like Nate McMillan was. That was the move that really shocked me in terms of the coaches. Um, this whole coaches ordeal and and everyone getting fired and whatever it may be. Um, Nate McMillan was like the biggest surprise for me, and to go out and get a guy who, um, again, you're taking risk, um, but at the same time you do have a guy that. Uh, and I talked about this before me me and uh, and you Ryan about. Um, just the this is what teams uh like the Spurs the Heat and now the Raptors you're seeing where assistants are are being offered uh big time head coaching jobs um and this is just another example of that um with Nate uh, Bajorkin. uh again I don't know how to pronounce his last name but but this, this is sort of that risk that the Indiana Pacers are taking with this um next head coach um you've been you've been in the face of me- mediocrity for uh a little bit of time of uh, Again, you've you've had that that reign with Paul George, couldn't get it done, and now you have uh, a team that uh, it's it's a bit uh, up in the air what they're trying to do um, because they're in medi- mediocrity. You're kind of in no no man's land where uh, you know do you get rid of Oladipo? Do you keep them? And again, I, maybe it's just time and best for a rebuild. I'm not sure uh, because. What more can you try and, and go and add? It's not like uh, the Pacers are, are that appealing of a market. Um, so what do you do if you're the Pacers? You have a lot of key decisions to make. Um, or, you know, do you run the dice and just trade Oladipo? Um, again, that's something that they have to to find out with, with this health and everything. And that's the biggest question mark on the Pacers right now. You have a head coach now and you have a team that, has some really solid pieces, um, but Victor Oladipo is the biggest question mark on that roster in terms of um, his his stance on that team uh, and and where he lies in terms of whether they want to move him or not because he hasn't been the same player um, evidently since, since that injury. And you saw it in the playoffs where he just wasn't much of a factor. Stats took a dip. Um, and the Pacers weren't able to get it done um, even with him on the court against the Heat. So it it is a lot of different question marks. Um, They do have that coaching, uh, that coaching void filled, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, yeah, no, um,
0: no, there's a uh, lot of
1: discussion there.
0: Yeah. I I think the biggest you you nailed it is Victor Oladipo. And and I, me personally, as much talk, I I know the, the new rumor in the past couple of days is the bucks. I know the Heat have been, like, you know, they're rumored with everyone else, but they've really been rumored to Victor Oladipo now for, it feels like, years. But, you know, a, a good amount I, of time I heard, now. Yeah, um, I, heard
1: that the Heat, I heard that the Heat are not necessarily as,
0: as interested more, as Victor Oladipo's yeah. is in them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, if I'm the Pacers, and, and this is, I, I think, what, you know, I don't think you trade him right now just because his value is so low. Um, Coming off mm-hmm. of the season he came off last year, Mm-hmm. Uh, that, again, who knows what the hell happens with this season, how short it is, how long it is. It could go from January to, to June, and they condense the season. It could go from January to next, who knows when. Um, but I, I think if I'm them, and and again, this is just a talking head talking, but maybe wait until the trade deadline, see how your team's doing. Because um, me personally, I don't think he'll be back with them. I think this is his last season. I think he wants to move on. I just think he's kind of done. I don't know why. There could be multiple reasons. I just think he, he's kind of mentally moving forward, especially with all these rumors, and, and it's been now for a year or so, these rumors of him going places and getting traded and maybe moving on for agency next summer. Um, and I think if you look at a team like the Heat, I think if the Heat can't land a Giannis or a big name, not to say he's not a big name, but I think you know, he'll be the fallback option for a lot of teams, plan B. Um, that he could go places and be either a third star, uh, second star, whatever. Wait until the trade deadline. Let him, you know, again, see where your team is. Let him regain some value, better value than what he has right now. That way, you can get you know, valuable assets compared to the assets you could possibly get right now, which are not as valuable for him. And and go from there. Uh, you have DeMontis Opponus who's under contract, you know, through 2023 2024. He's you know, coming off All-Star year, uh, really good, you know, solid big man. Miles um, Turner, uh, you, you have Malcolm Brogdon, who you just signed last offseason. Really, really good. But, you know, there are question marks with this team. Uh, and in an, an Eastern Conference that uh, you have the Nets, you have uh, the Heat, which people seem, again, this is kind of me just being a, a a Miami fan, but people, even the media, it seems, coming off of finals, apparently seem to forget about. Um, you have the Heat. You have the 76ers that maybe Doc Rivers could, and, and can instill something in them and they can finally do something. Um, you're going to have the Bucs. Uh, who am I forgetting here? The Raptors, the Celtics. I mean, that's five, six teams. I did just you made say the Nets or no? Yeah, I did say to start off. Yeah, I think I mm-hmm. to me, I think they are the favorites uh, right now coming out of the East without even having played a game. Just the talent level with, you know, having Kevin Durant. Um, but, yeah, I mean, th- this is uh, – th- there's five or six teams that are s- much, in my opinion, a lot better than this team. Um, so it-, it should be interesting to see how- what direction they go in. Um, yeah. Do they tr- – you know, because, again, you mentioned it. for agents are not, you know, you know clamoring to – no one's, you know, like, hey, I want to go play in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, so – what direction you know you have you know a an all-star type player i i I don't know how to classify victor oladipo i guess he's an all-star i wouldn't say he's a star it depends you know you asked me you know a year ago he's a star i guess right now he's an all-star at the level he plays um as your best player you're you're not to me they're not a championship contender they're a good you know team to give you a run for your money in the playoffs but that's about all so it'll be interesting I feel like we, can, I keep saying that, um, throughout this episode, everything's interesting yeah. to me today. Uh, I guess it's just, again, my lack of words and what are we now? An hour, an hour five into this, an hour six. Um, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know,
1: um, I mean, I'll wrap wh- it up. Yeah, Yeah, no,
0: go, go for it. Go for it. I mean, go for in, it. in all
1: likelihood, and and I think it's a good way to, to end the pod just because we kind of wrap the, uh, and leading into ne- next week, we'll talk about, um, more of the uh, the trade rumors, and I, I felt like we we did a good job with like doing this topic last. But in all likelihood, the the Indiana Pacers are. We talk about the the Clippers for um, well, actually, for for some of the the uh, the same reasons about players leaving. You have the same thing with Indiana practically, where you have uh, Victor Oladipo having one year left on his deal, and in all likelihood, you're putting all your eggs in one basket um by waiting and and you evidently get nothing for him yeah you kind of have to wait out this year and see what happens but you are putting a lot of risk on that and this is your franchise player if he ends up getting hurt there goes all his value down the drain or if he doesn't end up putting um the type of numbers that we know victor ladipo can put up um then you're kind of looking at it like okay i mean how much value do we get out of this and again it's 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 the, uh, it's being a no man's land, being a mediocrity. Um, they do have talent level around Victor Oladipo, but that is your franchise guy. You want to get value for him. And if you can't get that, um, then you're kind of looking at, um, you know, you, you might even be in a, in a deeper hole than maybe, uh, a team like Milwaukee would be in because you talk about the honest, um, maybe leaving Milwaukee, but you see how great Milwaukee played without, um, Without Giannis,
0: I mean the ball movement yeah, was, I, was great. I, I I think that I wouldn't get too uh, high on that. I think that was one game. Uh, yeah, the ball movement was better. I think. Um, no, I mean it was I, significantly, I, significantly yeah, like they looked yeah, yeah. more this, like. This a is a uh, this is a conversation for opinion. another day. But but Giannis leaves the book. The books are kind of where the Pacers are, if not worse. Um, in terms uh, of where they would stand. With, that's for uh, later uh, discussion. That, yeah, that, that, yeah. And yeah, it's funny you're talking about this because it's kind of making me get in. And I, Jay kind of hinted at what we'll talk about next episode as we already have that planned out, uh, unless any big news comes, kind of just to be freezing continued. rumors. And yeah, Victor Oladipo, Bradley Beal, uh, Chris Paul. I mean, just a whole bunch of guys that could be moved by trade this offseason since it's not a strong free agency class. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, that'll pretty much wrap it up. Kind of a overall good episode. I think uh, we, we, uh, Started off real strong and, and kind of, at least myself, I kind of just got worse as the episode continued. But uh, where can they
1: find us on social media, Jake? They can check us out at underscore around the league underscore. Um, again, we're trying to be as engaged. Um, let me know what sort of stuff you guys want to see on there. I know it is the off season. I'm trying to be a little bit more active on there. It kind of fell off as, as, uh, as the playoffs were um, progressing to the finals.
0: So, just let me know what you guys want to see on there. Um, actually, let us know. there. Yeah, actually, let us know. We I don't, mean, we don't really get anything. I know we're we're still growing as a as a as a podcast and growing our fan base, but please, actually, like, even if even if it's just a high, like, hey, what's up? We'll respond to you. Like, literally, we don't care. We just want engagement. Um, so yeah, but for keep sure. going.
1: And then yeah, you can no. check us out on uh on all three streaming platforms. Uh, the Anchor app, Spotify, and Apple Pod. so check us out on all three. We do this every week. You guys don't want to miss an episode, so stay connected with us. And uh, and yeah, we're happy to provide you guys with, uh, with the uh, information and insight that we give uh, each week, so check us
0: out. Yeah, you kind of said it better yourself. Leave us reviews, five-star reviews. Leave us a one-star review. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, preferably five-star, but if you feel like our podcast sucks, then well, again, let us know what we can do better. Well, let us know, yeah. you know. Well, don't leave us a one star and then. And I, 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 to I, I us, yeah, exactly. If you are gonna no, leave a one star, if yeah, if you're gonna leave a one star review, you need to leave feedback. But at the same time, if you leave a five star review, tell us why we're five stars. I just don't want five stars just to get five stars. And I also um, don't want
1: one star just to leave it at
0: that and not get yeah. anything. Yeah, so yeah, so um. Don't do That's that. That's pretty much kid. it. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, do that, but don't do that. Give a reason. Um, other than that, I feel like we're just dragging this episode on. Peace out. Peace.